Hey everyone, it's Beverly Hallberg. Welcome to a special pop-up episode of She Thinks, your favorite podcast from the Independent Women's Forum where we talk with women and sometimes men about the policy issues that impact you and the people you care about most. Enjoy. Patrice and Luca, Senior Policy Analyst at the Independent Women's Forum. And I'm joined for this special edition of, of She Thinks podcast by Simone Barron, board member of the Restaurant Workers for America. We're going to be discussing why waitstaff says, leave our tips alone when it comes to proposals to end tipped wages. And, and we'll talk about it in the context of the larger $15 minimum wage. Now, we've seen states from Maine to Washington try to eliminate tipped wages thinking, well, this is just going to be great for everybody. We'll put everybody on the same wage level. But there's a grassroots movement that sprung up in cities like Seattle and, and, and states like Maine uh, to push back, explaining why workers would rather be left alone. So today we've got Simone Barron, uh, who has been in the service industry for 32 years. She has worked all over the country, from the Midwest to the West Coast. And she's worked in different types of and styles of restaurants, holding just about every position you can imagine. She's also a founder of the Full Service Workers Alliance in Seattle, a grassroots working group providing support to Seattle's full service restaurant workers. Simone, welcome to the, the show. Hi, thank you very much for having me. Terrific. Well, you know, Simone, tell us about your experience. You've got 32 years and counting. You know, uh, why have you worked for restaurants for so many for so many years? Well, um, I guess it's because I started out. My mother was a bartender for many years. She is an immigrant. She came to America and she started working um, behind a bar and loved it and was able to support her family as a single mom. Um, working in a bar and it was just kind of a natural progression. When I started working, I could get a job as a busser or, um, you know, some sort of host or some other position working in the restaurants that, you know, with friends that she knew. So I just started doing that. And then as I um, got older, I started working in the arts. I was an actor for a while. And so that's also kind of a hand-in-glove situation. Most uh, actors work in restaurants. And so, and plus, I really love the, the work. Um, it's flexible. The money's good. It's something different every day. Um, it's really great. Nine to five is not for me. I, I really enjoy working in that industry. Well, Simone, you know, you hit some really good points that I think a lot resonate with a lot of women. Flexibility, we definitely love that, and good money. So, so tell us, isn't do you, have, you know, talk about um, tipped wages. Like, do you earn the minimum wage or below minimum wage or, or more than minimum wage? And, and explain to us, actually, what is a tipped wage? So, so just to tell you, I've worked, uh, you know, in several cities across the country. And when I started out working in, um, as a waiter in Indiana, um, it was 213 an hour was the tipped wage. Now how that works is that whatever the federal minimum wage is, if you don't make the difference between the tipped wage and the federal minimum wage, you make that up in your tips. And if you if you can't do that, then your employer will pay you that full federal minimum wage. But what happens is that we make far more than the federal minimum wage. We make 
anywhere between 20 to $50 an hour. I mean, even wow. when I first started out, I was still making, and that was many years ago, of course, I was still making $20 an hour as a server. And it was always, you know, good, quick money and very reliable. And so that is why, you know, a lot of people stay in the industry is because the money is really great. Um, it's far better than um, a lot of, you know, just regular eight to five jobs. And I mean, throughout my years, I've met so many people who have had other jobs. I mean, have gone to school to become, I would say, maybe a nurse or a lawyer or or work in social work or all those kinds of things. And a lot of them come back to bartending and serving um, because the income is so great. And so you'll find a lot of people who work in the industry actually, you know, have degrees and other things, but they do choose to work in industry because it is so flexible because the money's really good. And even under those tipped wages, like the, the tipped credit states, a lot of people that work, you know, for anywhere between two thirteen an hour up to $7 an hour, they're still making far above um, minimum wage or even any sort of like $15 minimum wage, which has been proposed. So when people are proposing that $15 wage, um, it starts kind of messing up the balance of what's already happening where we are, where we are already making um, far above the minimum wage. Well, you know, that's really important that you um, talked about this movement or this effort to put everybody on the same wage and and that being $15 an Mm -hmm. hour. Um, You know, who is driving this? Who's behind this effort? Well, I mean, we understand that a lot of of the progressive um, legislators and politicians um, have, you know, got on the bandwagon. It started here in Seattle by one of our most progressive um, uh, city council people, which is uh, Kashama Sawant. And she started the $15 an hour now movement along with, um, I think it was her husband. And they were pushing for that in the airports for people to make um, $15 an hour. And then they, once they passed it in the airport, they pulled it into Seattle and started it here. Now, what they wanted to do or what the industry wanted to do was to have that tip credit and kind of freeze the wage. I think we were somewhere around $10. Um, And then as the wage would rise, it would stay at $10 and we could still have our tipping um, model in place and, and there would be balance and sustainability in the restaurants. However, the city council did not want to do that. They said that we needed to have the full wage and um, it passed. And so we do have a $15 an hour minimum wage right now. And, but what we've seen though, is that the, they've kind of tiered the wage. And so as the wage is rising, um, you know, there's been some decline. We've seen a loss in hours. We're seeing a loss in positions. We had one uh, restaurant chain that, eliminated all of their support positions. So what you have then are, you know, servers that are actually doing more work. They're, you know, hosting and busing because those positions have been eliminated in that restaurant. Um, So we're seeing that. We're seeing um, a loss of 
tipping. And that's the scary part. Uh, some restaurants have gone to uh, tip uh, or service charges, I should say. They've gotten rid of their tip lines and have replaced that with a service charge. And that actually doesn't do anything but hurt the server because they're not making that full tip anymore. They have no way to maximize their income under that sort of model. So not only that, but then you're seeing some restaurants that are actually just moving out of town or or calling it quits, and that's the loss of jobs. So uh, it's a gradual increase and a gradual decline. So like I've always said, as they've gradually increased that minimum wage, we're just seeing, you know, a gradual decline of, you know, loss of jobs, loss of hours, loss of money for the workers. You know, you hit on so many of the, uh, the, the theoretical um, results that we expected when we look at from the economic perspective, we figure, you know, that this is exactly what would happen. Workers lose out in paychecks. They lose out in the number of hours. They lose out in jobs. And then you have people who close up shops. So they lose, you know, they, they lose opportunities. Um, mm-hmm. But I would love for you to talk about how you have been spearheading that grassroots pushback against this. Talk about talk to us about the Restaurant Workers of America and the Full Service Workers Alliance of Seattle. So I started out with a friend of mine um, creating the Full Service Workers Alliance, and we did that um, in regards to a thing called secure scheduling, which is another measure that's coming down from uh, the progressive uh, politicians. And what that does is it basically takes all the flexibility out of your schedule. And um, it's not really, it's not a good fit for the restaurant industry. However, so we created um, this group to kind of push back on that and also to get involved with the minimum wage um, fight because we had started seeing our incomes dropping um, because of the rise in the wage. But through that, we met a lot of other workers across the country um, that were starting to do the same thing as we were. And so I met some people through Facebook um, in Maine, Minneapolis, D.C., and just across the country. And we kind of came together and we realized that, you know, we need to have a national group. And so we put together the Restaurant Workers of America. And I'm really proud of that. We're about a year and a half in. And we decided to make our goal for that um, to protect the tip credits across the country because we realized that without that tip credit, you're freezing, you're basically freezing the wage. And so when you hear people talk about stagnant wages, it's really funny to me that these politicians that are saying, you know, we need to increase the minimum wage because wages have been so stagnant, but yet they don't understand the impact that it's having on my particular industry and my particular job where it actually is killing tipping and stagnating wages. So we realized that 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 tip credit was so important, not only just for the workers, but also for our industry in general, because it helps, you know, keep the restaurants in a sustainable place that keeps us in jobs. And so 
Um, that's what our mission is there with the Restaurant Workers of America. And we kind of uh, piggybacked on the efforts of the uh, servers in Maine who had their tip credit taken away, and they fought really hard, came together, and uh, got it back. And so we have um, part of us in New York now also fighting. We also went to D.C. and fought um, with their city council and uh, got their tip credit back as well. And so we're trying to, you know, go across the country and just stand up for the workers and trying to protect our incomes. Uh, I mean, it's fantastic. I live right outside of D.C., and I remember when this came up in the city council, uh, and, and uh, um, I believe it was part of a, a voter-based um, uh, referendum where voters said, Correct. you know, after an educational campaign, voters said, oh, yes, let's get rid of the ticked wage. Let's put everybody on $15 an hour. That would be so great. And it was fantastic to see, you know, your group come together and, and actually do a lot of voter education in the other direction. Say, no, wait, you don't understand. This is actually going right. to hurt us. Um, and, and we exactly. need that kind of education, that grassroots-driven education mm-hmm. um, to, to get out there mm-hmm. so people understand, you know, there's another perspective that they probably are not hearing. But, you know, right. Simone, and can I pull- – go ahead. Uh, well, I was just going to say that that's p- part of the thing. I mean, it doesn't seem like there's any other – um, job in the country, you know, that is so, so readily available to the public. And yet Mm -hmm. the public who come and dine with us every day don't really understand how we get paid and how we make our money. And um, so a lot of what we do is try to educate the public and educate other servers because, you know, they need to know, (laughs) I mean, they know how they get paid, but they don't maybe know the nuances of it. And so there is a big piece of education that we do with the, with my group, the full service workers Alliance here in Seattle. And then for the, that national group, the restaurant workers of America. Now, Simone, let me play devil's advocate for just one moment. You've got sure. uh, servers who are in the front, and you guys are very are tipped are based on your your wages are based on tips. Um, but what about the mm-hmm. line chefs in the back? What about the you know maybe the bussers? What about the people who are in the back of the house, so to speak, of, of restaurants? They probably are making a minimum wage and looking at you guys taking home twenty, thirty, fifty dollars an hour, saying, "Well, that's not fair. Maybe this getting rid of the tip credit is a good idea." What, what do you say in response to that? Well, I think it's twofold. Um, first of all, we don't need the raise. The front of the house doesn't need the raise. We haven't asked for the raise. Most of us are pretty comfortable with the money that we're making. And so we didn't ask for it, for one. But what it does then is that it basically takes money away from the pockets of the back of the house. Because the idea is with that tip credit to keep that uh, front of the house wage low because they're already making far above the minimum wage. It frees up money to give to the back of the house to raise their wages as the cost of living goes up. But if you end up taking that money and putting it to workers that don't need a raise, there's just not extra money to give to the back of the house then. So in essence, we are protecting what their wages, you know, their wages would be um, and raises that they should be getting for, you know, cost of living. But a restaurant is not going to be able to do that if they have to pay employees that don't need the raise. So 
the tip credit is imperative to keep that back of the house um, in a competitive wage. Um, and also, too, like, you know, they say, oh, it's not fair, but is it fair that maybe you, you bring in a person that hasn't worked in the industry, maybe you start them out um, as a dishwasher, but you're make, you're allowing them to make the same amount as somebody who has worked their way up through the ranks over years. It doesn't, it doesn't do any good for anybody. If, if anything, it makes people angry and it, it takes the incentive away. So there's a lot of negative consequences for it. But the thing I always say is that it's, it's going to just stagnate the wage. Again, you've got politicians that are talking about how wages have been stagnant for 40 years, yet they're putting policy in place that stagnates wages for tons and tons of people. So I think it's just really a really bad way about going about raising the minimum wage in this particular industry. You know, I don't speak for any other industry except for the full service um, side of things. So I just think that they should really take a look at the negative in, um, consequences of what they're doing with this uh, rise in wage. Uh, that's so well said, um, Simone. I mean, I think you've, you've articulated really well why uh, tip wages need to be left alone. Um, you guys, I, I've heard it described, you guys, as, uh, really in sales. It's not just that you're a server, you're in sales and you're selling good service and that should be rewarded. Mm -hmm. um, but when you eliminate the tip credit and when you put everybody on the same wage, specifically $15 an hour, it's going to have some really devastating impacts as you talked about, you know, loss of hours, loss of jobs, loss of positions, um, and, and loss of tips. And, and even worse, right. you've got restaurants that may go out of business. So, Thank you, Simone, for really sharing your perspective and your experience. I know we will be reaching out to you again in the future to, to talk more about what you're seeing. And um, for folks who are listening, uh, what we're going, what at the federal level, we are expecting to see a um, a federal minimum wage increase bill um, that would eliminate the uh, the tipped wage. Um, so that's going to have a direct impact on the restaurant industry. Uh, and so as many voices as we can get out to really explain how this can have a devastating impact, we're going to be doing that. Simone, thank you for your time this evening. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Terrific. Well, thank you to all of our listeners for She Thinks. We are always bringing to you uh, interesting men and women uh, to, to talk about uh, different uh, issues that are of concern to the daily day-to-day -day lives of, of men and women in America. So uh, with this, we are going to uh, call it a day, but we will be back with great new topics and guests in the future. Thank you, everybody, for listening.